Welcome to Todd's World, the fusion of fiction and podcast. I'm Todd Allen, wildly talented author, narrator, and provocateur. This is The Watchers, Episode 2, The Night They Brought the Alien Home. Thanks for joining me and for subscribing to Todd's World and enabling us to bring these stories to you completely advertiser-free. You are the sponsors of this show, and I will keep the entertainment and stories coming week after week. Now that you're a subscriber, after you finish this episode of The Watchers, go back and start listening to all our other stories, especially Insurrection and Witness. They're great stories. You won't be disappointed. Give the Companion Podcast a listen, too. Will and Carrie and I have a great time, and they really do add a lot to the stories. You can find us and reach out on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Todd's World 2023. You can find clips of the show and share them with your friends and family. We're at Todd's World on Substack, also on Truth Social at The Todd Allen Show. And go to toddsworld.net and check out all the cool insurrection and witness merch. And the disclaimer, this is a work of fiction. All names, characters, businesses, places, and events, even those based on real people or events, are entirely fictional. The product of the author's incredible imagination. Any resemblance to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental and fictional. Here is the second episode of The Watchers. Episode 2, The Night They Brought the Alien Home The red laser dot hovered over the center of Bob's long, narrow chest as Alan and Bob, the eight-foot alien, emerged from the dark sea of corn into the backyard of Alan and Monica's home on Muskrat Road. Both back floodlights were on, brightly illuminating the freshly cut grass all except the four rows Alan had left uncut when the UFO crashed into the cornfield, and Alan had left to investigate. Their six-year-old daughter, Lily, watched from inside the slider as her mother stood tall and elegant on the end of the treated wood deck, holding an AR-15 trained directly on Bob. Stop where you are, Monica yelled from behind the rifle sights. Release my husband or I'll shoot you dead. There will be no phoning home after I've emptied this magazine into you. Holy shit, Alan yelled back. Monica, put down the gun. I'm not in any danger. None of us are. Put the rifle down and let me explain. The red laser dot on Bob's chest wavered slightly, but didn't drop. Monica held the semi-automatic assault rifle steady. How do I know that thing isn't controlling your mind, she asked still yelling to be heard, but the frantic fear in her voice had retreated a step. I come in peace, Bob wailed, raising his long-fingered hands up to the sky. The alien's body trembled in the night. Monica braced the rifle's stock more tightly against her shoulder. 
Alan had taken her to the range many times. Having been a hunter and sportsman since he was old enough to get his first hunting license and tagging along hunting with his father even before that, when the world started going crazy in 2020 with lockdowns and riots in the streets, Alan had ramped up his gun buying and Monica had gotten in on the fun. They bought their first AR-15 in May of 2020 and before that fateful year was out, they had added two more in addition to three handguns. As Alan had told Monica at the time, there's no point in owning a gun if you don't know how to shoot. Now, Alan found himself on the wrong end of one of those ARs. I come in peace, Bob howled again, shaking like a leaf in the glare of the floodlights sweeping the lawn. The red dot hovered over the center of the alien's chest. Take another step toward my home and daughter and you'll be coming in pieces, Monica yelled across the lawn at the strange being towering over her husband. She hoped she sounded more confident than she felt in that moment. She was scared half to death, her heart pounding in her chest. She tried to calm herself, to quiet the fear threatening to overwhelm her. Alan turned to Bob. Stay here. Don't move. I'll go talk to her. Bob didn't reply. He just stood in the yard a short distance from the corn, quivering in the darkness. Alan left the alien where he was and began slowly walking toward the deck where his lovely wife stood with an assault rifle braced against her shoulder pointed at Bob. Monica, I'm coming up here to talk to you. Don't shoot me for God's sake. How do I know it's not controlling your mind? She called out again. Do I sound like my mind is being controlled? He asked, carefully making his way toward the house. His wife kept the rifle trained on the strange thing that had accompanied her husband out of the corn. She didn't answer him, but she also didn't turn the gun on him, so that was a bonus. Alan continued talking as he walked, hoping the sound of his voice might ease his wife's fear. Monica, I know how crazy this is. Trust me. I've spent the last half hour talking to an alien in a cornfield. But he's not here to harm us. If it was up to him, he wouldn't be here at all. Just put the gun down and let's talk. Monica's eyes moved back and forth between her husband walking across the lawn toward her and the tall, thin alien with the overly large head and eyes standing with its hands raised to the sky and the red dot from the laser sight attached to the AR-15 she had pointed at the thing's center mass. What the hell is that thing, Alan? she asked. It's an alien, but I don't believe he's a threat to us. His ship crashed and he's stuck here, and I'm trying to figure out how to help him, Alan answered. Monica turned her attention to her husband now and lowered the gun slightly without realizing it. You're leading that thing back to our home and our daughter on purpose? Anger mixed with fear glared out from her eyes at him. Alan was close to her now, ten feet from where she stood armed on the deck. I've just spent thirty minutes with him talking in the corn. If he wanted to hurt me, I think he would have already. Can you just put the rifle down, honey? I know you're scared. I was too. Maybe I still am, but not as much. 
Just talk to him for a few minutes. Finally, his wife lowered the gun, and the red dot left Bob's chest and played harmlessly in the fresh-cut grass. Her eyes were still wide with shock and fear, but her finger was off the trigger at least. Alan breathed a little easier. You thought it was a good idea to bring an alien home? She shook her head as she spoke. Honest to God, Alan, I almost shot both of you. Maybe I should have left him at the crash site and come back alone to talk to you about it before walking out of the corn with an eight-foot alien, he said. Monica's eyes betrayed her exasperation with her husband. You think? she asked. I told you not to go out into the dark chasing UFOs. Alan closed the rest of the distance to the deck and leaned against the outside of the railing. I know, but I had to. If you'd been outside watching the thing fall out of the sky like I did, you'd understand. Why don't you give me the rifle? He asked, holding out his hand. Her first instinct was to pull the gun in closer, but she relented finally and walked down the steps to the lawn and handed the gun to Alan. Then she came to him and hugged him. Her fear finally let go and tears found her eyes. Damn you, Alan. You scared the hell out of me going after that thing like you did. You're reckless but she hugged him tighter even while she was saying it. Lily's inside? Alan asked. Monica nodded her head against her husband's chest. I told her to stay inside no matter what happened. Alan turned toward the steps up to the house, with one arm wrapped around his wife and the other holding the AR-15. Let's make sure she's okay. When they got to the sliding glass patio door, Monica let go of him and opened the door to find Lily standing a few feet inside next to the dining room table holding her bear and crying softly into her blanket. Monica went to her and picked her up and held her, while Alan released the loaded magazine from the rifle and unloaded the round from the chamber. The gun case waited open and empty on the table, and Alan put the AR away and snapped the case closed. Hopefully we won't be needing this he said. With the gun safely put away, he leaned over and nuzzled Lily in her mother's arms. It's okay, Lily girl. The excitement is over. Don't worry, no more guns tonight. He kissed his daughter's tear-stained cheek before straightening up again and heading back out onto the deck. Bob hadn't moved. He was still standing with his long, thin hands raised over his head. Alan was too far away to see if the alien was still trembling. It's okay, Bob, he called out across the lawn. Come on up to the house. Monica walked out onto the deck, still holding Lily. She looked at Alan incredulously. Bob? Alan just looked at his wife and shrugged. I know. I thought the same thing. Wait till you hear Bob's story. Monica just shook her head and turned back to watch the tall, thin alien walk timidly across the grass toward the woman who had just had a gun trained on his chest. Bob moved slowly, trying not to further frighten the woman or her daughter. Together, Alan, Monica, and Lily watched the eight-foot-tall alien with his strangely large head and eyes approach. Is he a monster, Mommy? Lily asked in her small, hesitant voice. His wife hesitated, unsure of the answer but Alan reassured his young daughter. No, honey, that's not a monster, 
That's Bob. He came from very far away. His ship crashed into the cornfield. Lily didn't seem all that bothered by the idea. Finally, Bob arrived at the deck. The deck railing, which came up to Alan's chest when he was standing, a nice height for leaning when you were six feet tall, came up only to Bob's waist, though his long arms and hands dangled two feet lower. He stood before the human family in all his alien glory, his long shiny shoes stained green by the freshly cut grass with wet grass clippings adorning the sides, and Bob's mouth turned up at the corners. Is that supposed to be a smile? Monica asked, still slightly terrified by the long gangly creature. It's the best I can do, Bob answered. Monica tilted her head and looked at Bob skeptically. So you're an alien? Loosely defined, Bob said. What's an alien? Lily asked, staring at Bob, pronouncing it alien. A person from outer space, Monica answered. Bob held up one long finger. Technically, but Alan interrupted him. Bob actually has a story about that. Why don't you give her the quick rundown you gave me about how you came to crash into the cornfield behind our house, Bob? I was cruising along at about 10,000 feet when the autopilot finally blinked out for good. It's been acting up the last few years, but with only one shop capable of repairs of any sort, the wait is incredibly long. Plus, you can't even get parts anymore. Bob began where he had with Alan and went on to tell Monica and Lily, who was watching the alien closely from the safety of her mother's arms, the same brief history of his kind he had given to Alan. Monica asked many of the same questions, and Bob answered them all again. So you're an alien, but not from a different planet. You're an alien that lives in the ocean, Monica said. Probably not technically an alien, but as pop culture references go, it works, Bob replied. Still outside, they were all seated now. Alan and Monica were in plastic patio chairs, with Lily sitting on Alan's lap. Bob was entirely too big to sit in any of their furniture, so he sat on the deck by the stairs with his long legs bent and his knobby alien knees pulled up to his chest. Alan wasn't sure if Bob looked more ridiculous standing or sitting. So let's just say we believe your tall tale, Monica said. What happens now? Will the other watchers send another ship to rescue you? Bob shook his large head. As I told Alan, all who crash on the surface are presumed lost. There will be no rescue party. I will either be killed by wild animals, die from exposure, or be captured by your government. It's questionable which is the worst-case scenario. Lately, I feel like the government is always the worst-case scenario, Alan added from the cheap seats. Monica didn't respond. She was looking at the long alien creature folded into a seated position on her deck, Bob, studying his long, thin fingers and his bulbous, hairless head and especially his enormous almond-shaped eyes staring back at them. The entire situation was ridiculous, 
ludicrous even, almost hilariously so. If she had been out having drinks with her girlfriends, listening to someone tell her this story, she would be laughing till she hurt with all her friends. She giggled then. Just a little laugh. Hardly anything, really. She glanced at Alan with Lily on his lap, and he looked back at her confused. Then her eyes went back to Bob, the alien, lounging on her deck. Bob also had a quizzical look on his weirdly long face. She noticed his lips moving silently as he tried to read her reaction. And that was it. Monica started laughing. Hard. Belly laughing. She couldn't control herself. Both Alan and Bob the Ocean Alien were startled and looked at her like she'd lost her mind. Which, as she looked again at Bob and considered his story, maybe she had. It was too much, this uncontrollable laughing. And Monica knew that. But knowing was no help. She got up and realized she was lightheaded from laughing so hard. And Alan was saying something to her. But she couldn't understand because she couldn't hear him over her own peals of laughter. She lunged for the sliding door and banged into the glass, still laughing. Monica, what the hell is wrong with you? Alan called from behind her. But she had the door open, and then she was in the kitchen, leaning on the countertop, laughing and crying and trying to stop. It was a fit of laughter, brought on by the night's stress. Then Alan was holding her while she laughed and cried and buried her laughing, crying, hysterical face in his chest. Alan had set Lily down on the deck in his rush to get in the house to Monica, and now Lily and Bob were alone on the deck. Lily just looked at Bob, taking the alien in with her big blue eyes, and Bob stared back at the child, never having seen a human child up close and personal before. He tried his smile, but Lily only furrowed her small brow at the alien. You live in the ocean, she said. Yes, Bob said. I live in a big city under the ocean with a dome over it, keeping the water out. But you're not a fish, Lily observed. Bob nodded at the child. That's true. I'm not a fish. It's weird, right? Lily smiled at the alien then. You're weird, she said, and then laughed. Her mother's child. Bob laughed the best he could. It wasn't great, but six-year-old Lily thought his laugh was funny, and she laughed with him. Why are your eyes so big? Lily asked Bob. All the better to see you with, Bob replied, and they laughed together again, the alien and the child. What's your name? Lily asked. Bob, the alien answered. Just Bob? Lily clarified. Just Bob. Lily smiled big. Hi, just Bob. Bob smiled awkwardly back at Lily, but Lily understood. What's your name? Bob asked the girl. I'm Lily, she said. Then she asked, can I touch you? Bob glanced around for Alan or Monica, but apparently they were in the house still trying to quell Monica's laughing fit. 
Bob didn't understand why the human woman had started laughing so hysterically like that. She had hardly been able to walk she was laughing so hard. Then she ran into the door. Yes, you can touch me, Bob said to Lily. Lily's eyes narrowed. But I'm kind of scared to come any closer to you. Bob's eyes widened in understanding. Ah, I understand. I'm probably pretty scary to a little girl like you. Lily nodded her head up and down, her sandy brown pigtails bouncing with emotion. Bob reached out one long alien arm toward the little girl and extended one long finger to her that stopped just within her reach. He smiled again, and though she was still a little scared, Lily reached out with her own finger, and then their fingers touched. Monica had finally calmed down. She had gone to the bathroom to clean herself up and had just come back into the kitchen when Alan realized Lily was still on the deck with Bob. He looked at his wife. Shit, he said. Monica looked up at him and immediately knew. Lily. They went for the sliding door together, both reaching for the handle. But when they looked out onto the deck... They both stopped and stared. Bob and Lily were touching fingers, and Lily was smiling, and Bob was trying to smile. The ends of their fingers weren't glowing like they had in the movie, but something special passed between the alien and the child in that moment. An understanding. A knowing. Perhaps more. Monica looked up at Alan. You've got to be kidding, she said. Alan just shook his head, his eyes wide with wonder. I guess I found E.T., he said, watching his daughter touch fingers with Bob. What are we going to do with him? Monica asked. He's too big to come in here. Besides, I'd sleep better knowing there wasn't an alien in my house. I don't care if he's from the ocean or the stars. I have an idea, Alan said. A half hour later... Alan had turned the bed of his pickup truck into an actual bed, and with the tailgate down, the bed was just over eight feet long. Using couch cushions from the basement and some pillows and a few blankets, Alan and Monica fashioned a makeshift bed for their alien visitor from under the sea. Together, they showed Bob to the detached garage where the truck was parked. When the alien saw the long makeshift bed, he smiled his otherworldly smile again, and Bob was surprised to find tears waiting once more at the corners of his wide eyes. He turned around and sat down on the tailgate. The truck bed sank some beneath his weight, but no more than it did with a load of mulch. He held up his long hands in the air. May I? he asked. He wanted to touch his gracious host. And though neither was very excited about the idea, Monica smiled and nodded at Bob. They were standing close together, and Bob's reach was long and wide. He placed a long, narrow hand on Bob's right shoulder, and his other hand on Monica's left shoulder, forming a triangle with the humans. I've been watching humans for hundreds of years, but I never understood the depths of human kindness until tonight. Thank you, Alan and Monica, very much.
Raw emotion filled Bob's big alien eyes, and Monica found herself moved by the alien's words. We'll lock her up tight and make sure no wild animals can get in. You should be safe and comfortable in here. There's water and beer in the fridge. Help yourself, Alan said, breaking the spell. Bob dropped his long-figured hands from their shoulders. Alan closed the overhead garage door, and on their way out the side door, he said, Good night, Bob. It's a good night indeed, Alan the human. The low voice came back, and Alan smiled as he closed the door behind them. I like Bob, Lily said a few minutes later, as Monica was tucking her into bed finally for the night. Monica smiled at her daughter and touched her arm. You were a very brave girl tonight, Lily girl. You were brave too, Mom, and so was Dad, and so was Bob. Monica thought about that for a second before she replied, I guess you're right. We were all brave tonight. Lily burrowed down into her covers and wrapped her arms around Mr. Bigley, her teddy bear. We'll have to be brave later, too. Monica looked at Lily closely. She was almost asleep. Brave for what later, honey? She asked. But Lily was already gone. She would sleep soundly that night with Bob in the garage. They all slept soundly the night they brought the alien home. Thank you.